Welcome to Eavesdrop. We are excited that you are joining us today for another great conversation. My name is Jenny, here with my friend Heather. Hello. Good morning. Hope you're having a great Saturday. So far. You've had a week. Yes. Um, We are excited that you are joining us for another conversation. Uh, Again, just to let you know, we've got a couple of ways you can set up, that we've set up for you to listen to us and to comment and blog with us. One of those is our website, www.eavesdrop.com eavesdropshow.com that is spelled out all the way it is where you can find our show on the website you can leave comments like us give us some feedback let us know what you think find us on facebook at eavesdrop um, where again you can link to our show link to the itunes Um, another great way to comment and uh, talk with us let us know some thoughts that you're thinking also follow us on twitter at eavesdrop show Again, we're having another wonderful conversation today that is probably near and dear to our wonderful hearts of parenting. Yes. (laughs) As we all go, oh, deep breath. So I'm going to throw out this conversation. um, And as I get ready to start, I want to introduce a friend of ours that we've invited to join us for our show. Her name is Lindsay Stevenson. Um, Hello, Lindsay. Hello. Good morning. Um, Lindsay is a counselor here in town. She has her own private practice, but Lindsay is also a very good friend of ours, and we invited her to be a part of our conversation as we talk about parenting. Lindsay, um, you see lots of kids, parents, women, men, through all around. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of children. A lot of children. You end up talking to a lot of moms. Through all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you get, I mean, there's a good... It's a good perspective out here. So with Heather and I having our conversation about parenting, we decided that we needed um, an expert. <laughs> yes, we can give our perspectives. But when it comes to um, credentialed name. I have been told that I am a little bit old school and that um, my doctrine of child rearing is probably not ever going to make it into the hall of fame (laughs) or any kind of um book other than maybe a counseling (laughs) session so we do definitely appreciate Lindsay coming this morning and giving us to be here yeah that perspective that um a professional adds so we're very grateful well and the nice thing that we know from Lindsay is that with professional and personal you Mm -hmm. you've experienced a lot on both sides of it and Mm so just with our friendship and just being a part of it you will add tremendous amounts to our conversation today. So with that, I'm going to throw out the all-important question <laughs> to answer, or at least to talk about today, is parenting today in the 21st century. Mm. How is it different today than it was when we grew up? How How isn't... Well, it's different and it's the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, especially, you know comparing when I started growing up and now there's a lot of exposure to the world that children today have that I really didn't have um however I think that the underlying problems that parents have are along the same lines as what our parents I think it's a new frame for an old problem I think that's That's a a really great great picture that's a great picture because you know in the age group that I am I actually made it all the way through college without a cell phone they were oh, yeah. not available. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? And, of course, my very first cell phone was the brick that you mm-hmm. had in the back pocket. Actually, I'm sorry. It was a bag phone. I remember that. It was a bag <laughs> phone. It looked like a big purse. Yeah. But, you know, I have a 12-year-old that is dying for a cell phone. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's a different frame. I remember asking for electronic items, mm-hmm. you know, video games. or So, I, I think you're probably right. It's 
it's the same problem, just framed a little differently. Mm-hmm. And the same questions of authority, same questions of who am I sexually? Mm-hmm. How was I created? What is God doing in my life? Yeah. And I think what kids are after when they ask for cell phones or when they ask for a boom box or whatever is they are looking for ways to have more freedom, to have more self-responsibility, whether or not they're ready for it. And I think the challenge for parents back then and the challenge for parents now is how do you know how much freedom to give kids? Because freedom is forever linked with responsibility. Always. So I think the problem is incredibly significant, but I don't think it's that much changed. I think just the context changed. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. You know, and as you're talking, I'm thinking about that verse in the Old Testament where it says, to whom much is given, mm-hmm. much, much is, is required. required. And and that is it. I remember my parents would test me, you know, to see, okay, you think you're growing up and you think you're ready. You want a, a later bedtime. Let's see. You can go to bed later tonight, but your behavior tomorrow will tell us if you're actually ready to stay up late. And so I remember having to be on my P's and Q's because if I was fussy, if I disobeyed, Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. I couldn't handle the responsibilities the next day, that let them know, Mm -hmm. you're not ready for this. So I think that's that's probably really good to link it, freedom with responsibility. Mm -hmm. So you made a comment from the very beginning that it's different, but yet it's still the same. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's the same? What's the same that we grew up that we can correlate today and not see that? What's the same? Well, for kids, I think if a parent's looking at a child and saying, why do they nag me? Why do they want these things? Why don't they just let me handle things? I know I can do this for them. Why do they think they need to handle Mm -hmm. it? Because they want to be themselves. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, I think a natural pursuit for a human is to look to be able to be on your own. Who am I? Um, That is a huge, and we'll stop, that is a huge defining question, I think, that our children I did it, I mean, defining who am I mm-hmm. in this world and culture. Mm-hmm. And it starts from infancy. I yeah. mean, you're constant, you're, you're one with your mom until you're actually born. And then suddenly you're two. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, it's this really slow journey of, I am not the same as my mom. And then after high school, I'm not the same as my family as I move away. Mm-hmm. And then after college, it's like, I'm not the same as my friends. I'm my own person outside of my friends when you become independent and have a job. So did your parents allow you to, did you walk through that process? Oh, I think we all do. Yeah. But I think, I think that's really great. And maybe we should take a minute and kind of look at those different areas. You know, I'm not, I'm not the same as my mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I know with my second child, we got stuck in that developmental stage mm-hmm. um, in between 18 and 24 months mm-hmm. is that big um, mommy and me are separate stage. And I think that's actually what they talk about and call it is a mm-hmm. separation, mm-hmm. you know, that you go through. And that's when you start hearing the words mine. No. Yes. <laughs> you know, me all those come it. in. Me, me do, do it. Oh, mm-hmm. if I heard a dollar for every time I, heard, I do, me it. do me do me do. <laughs> do it. Not you. Not you. Me do. You know. <laughs> yeah. But but that is, that's a big stage and their language development and who they see themselves at. And, you know, that's that's a, a lot of kids right there that mm-hmm. they get stuck. Yeah. They, they get stuck. And thank goodness for things like early intervention and, you know, getting your, your testing done yeah. at your doctors. And they're very helpful in that. Well, and I think a lot, a lot of moms don't realize that when um, 
I'm not saying you did this. I'm just saying when a lot of moms don't realize that it's a team effort to get somebody stuck yeah. in that mm-hmm. in that developmental stage because you're part of a larger system. Yeah. Kid can't do it on their own. They've got to have some yeah. help because they're a child. Yeah. So if if you are getting stuck in a particular place, you know, it definitely could be developmental. It definitely could be related to um, something that's gone wrong, but it could also just be that mom wasn't ready and kid's not ready. It could be that mom's not ready and the kid mm-hmm. is ready. And mom's like, no, I got to hang on to this. This is precious. And it's a precious time. But there's there's lots of forces going into that stuckness sometimes. Oh, and, and it's absolutely true because, mm-hmm. you know, in our situation, what was actually keeping us bonded together and not separating, I wouldn't have recognized it, but it was exactly what was happening in my marriage at the time. Mm-hmm. And so she did not feel safe to separate is what we, you know, Looking back in hindsight, by the time she was six, we, you know, had done all of the things that we needed to do. But that's what we found out was Mm -hmm. that it was really the environment, you know, that she was in. They got her stuck. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just as a a little note, don't think it's just the kid. Yeah. You know, look around and see. Yeah. Look at everything that's going on, because I would have never known that an 18 to 24 month old child could be as perceptive Mm-hmm. about her environment and internalize what's going on in an environment mm-hmm. that I thought as an adult had nothing to do with her. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So I think that's really powerful and, and hopefully that'll give somebody some encouragement and freedom that it, it's okay. Yeah. Seek extras, go for the outside resources, talk to your pediatrician. Mm-hmm. If you get stuck because every child wants to grow out of that stage yeah. and be separate and I think it's it's interesting when you see a problem in a child to say, to look at it as if it were a logical response to something. Mm-hmm. For her to respond, for her to feel like she needed to stay with you because things weren't safe. That's a, for her to want to stay with you was really logical if her environment isn't safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it made total sense Clean in that context for your daughter to be like, I, I, I can't, I can't, I, can't. Mm-hmm. I have to stay mm-hmm. right here where I am. Yeah. Once the environment changed, then she had the freedom. Mm-hmm. She It was logical then for her to keep growing out. And it was, you know, in our specific case, it was almost overnight. Um, we started the process, and then at a little bit after three years, she still hadn't spoken maybe 10 words. Mm-hmm. She had maybe 10. And uh, when the environment changed, almost within a week, dropped the pacifier, got potty trained, and started talking. Yeah. Wow. And so I think you're exactly right. It is a logical thing. You just have to figure out what that logical answer is. Yeah. What the question is right, to this right. logical response. Because, you know, I'm thinking, what's wrong with my kid? <laughs> well, what yeah. was wrong was not my kid. <laughs> what was wrong was an environmental issue mm-hmm. that I was in control of. So I think that that may be helpful for somebody yeah. to look at how that is. Why did they get stuck? Well, and I think going through and realizing a lot of this thing just growing up, I mean, that was what was same back then is still the same today through all of that. And, and listening to you talk and through so much of that environment, fear, driving, Mm -hmm. some of that anxiety, anxiety, stress through all that same back then, same today. Mm Do you think a lot of moms struggle? I mean, there's a, I don't know. There seems to be more of a fear of. One, wanting to do that freedom and responsibility, but there's the fear of, oh my gosh, what is out there in this world? Yeah. Mm -hmm. To keep it all, I'm going to keep my group in, I'm going to keep my cave, I'm going to keep all of them in to protect all of them. 
Hmm. Well, I think that, again, technology has opened us up to mm-hmm. a world we've never known before, we've never seen before. It didn't mean the world didn't exist in all of its sinfulness and all of its brokenness before. It's just we didn't have to look at it before. Well, they're not bombarded yeah. with everything around them. So now I think parents in the past were able to shelter a little more easily. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that I was a sheltered. Well, I'm grateful that I was <laughs> sheltered from certain things Yeah, as I was growing up. And it's just easier to let them slip, to let that slip out of control. Today mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just more accessible. You know? Yeah. When I was little, for me to come across um, instances of, you know, sexual immorality, that sort of thing, I would just have to look really hard. Yes. Um, We didn't have the internet. We usually didn't have cable. Yeah. <laughs> and so my world was my parents' world. Mm-hmm. Um, the part of their world that they exposed me to. Correct. And so I think now... There's a little less control on the parents if you bring in technology. I'm not saying technology is bad. Right. But at all. And I'm not saying control every moment of your child's life because that keeps them from having any freedom or responsibility. So I think what I am saying is there is a different set of challenges. Yeah. That's what's different Mm -hmm. today than Mm -hmm. what was back then is our accessibility of other cultures. Yeah. Not that other cultures are bad. But we're more aware and it's different and it's out there Mm -hmm. for all of it. So, you know, for me, I feel like that, you know, that elementary school age group, you know, like your kindergartners to like third, fourth grade, that age group. What are some good responsibilities, you know, that they can handle? What are some good? um, Should the kindergartners and first and second graders have the iPhones and the and the technology that's that, not even a question I know but but no, no 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 but who's listening today is going to because the kids know it is setting of those things are the questions that are going to sit there and go should they have it why wouldn't I, I let them have it I mean because I can control it I'm I'm an adult and I dropped my iPhone and broke the screen yeah and so I don't I, I can't that's no. I'm thinking I'm like you. what I'm is developmentally appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know what kind of responsibilities are real. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I personally think that kindergarten, first, second, third grade, you can keep your room clean. Sure. Oh, absolutely. You absolutely can keep your room clean. You absolutely can pick up toys and cl- declutter the house. Those are good responsibilities that buy you some freedom, like thirty minutes of time on the TV or computer that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know parent approved but you know am i wrong in that is that like a do you think that's really kind of like a good progression to start building it i think starting children with manageable responsibility like cleaning up is is excellent i think as soon as kids are able to make their beds if that's one of the things you want them to do then have them make the bed um if they can help clean off the table i think that's great I don't think they should be responsible for, um, I think they should have a well-defined set of chores. There shouldn't be an endless list. Yeah. Um, I think they should be able at the end of the day, just like we are, to say, I did all the things I should do, and now it's time to relax. And I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And I also think children are going to need a lot more prompting. They're going to need reminders, and they're probably going to need help. They're definitely going to need to be taught how to do those things. Um, organization, keeping your room clean doesn't come naturally to everybody. 
So being able to, to show them. That really <laughs> Your me. definition of cleanliness might not be my definition of cleanliness. <laughs> and, and, and that's a good point. Managing expectations. Yeah. If clean for a five-year-old means all the toys made it back into the box. Yes. Or under the bed. Or under the bed. No, that's not working. <laughs> if they all made it back to kind of where they started, even if it's a total pile of just toys. Yeah. If you, even if it's just a pile, at least it's a pile that's all together. So managing expectations. That's yeah. a great idea because I think that's part of, I struggle probably with that going, I expect them to know exactly what I'm talking about. When I mm-hmm. say clean your room, that does mean I, what I would expect to clean my room, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily with their personalities doesn't mean the same. Yes. I call that lost in translation. <laughs> it's, it's really about meeting them where they are. Yes. You know, the set of skills they have is zilch when they're born. And they have to kind of acquire these things. And for a lot of us, they're intuitive. We've already learned them. So they seem like something that's really natural. And it's just that we already learned them. Do you know, and that's where I think you just made a point of meeting them where they are. I run into a lot of moms that are like, my child is just, they're like a little adult. But they treat them like an adult. Mm-hmm. Have conversations with them like they're an adult and they're 10. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's not meeting them. Where they are, their brain can't focus with that, can't go with that. Well, and I think you, if you hold them, uh, I think they're bound to fail, first of all. If you you put them up to, you know, I expect you to act like an adult, they're just not going to. And that's going to be real disappointing for the parent and ultimately for the child because they're going to think they're not good enough. Well, and what their idea of an adult is is not necessarily what our idea of an adult is. Yeah. And I think also you, you, you steal something from them. There's an mm-hmm. innocence that is inherent in childhood. And I think all kinds of things happen that that remove them from that innocence yeah. um, that are out of our control. But what is in our control is to say, you know, you don't have to be responsible for my stress. I'm I'm going through this right now. We're in financial trouble. And that's just not – the kid can't do anything about that. It's not for them to worry about. So then here's this question then. How much then, if, if, if I can tell my child or tell my children, you're not responsible for my stress, mm-hmm. there's a lot of moms, dads, parents that involve their kids in the problems and bring oh, them I would, in. I would totally dissuade someone, you know, not as a professional, but um, but just they become that gone, sidekick. Yeah, that, that uh, I totally disagree with that. I've, I've worked with a lot of women who, um, in the process of a divorce, it's almost like their oldest child becomes their assistant. Mm-hmm. Their confidant. Help, well, mm-hmm. to help with the children. You know, the oldest. Um, and, and I think that's what Lindsay was referring to. They kind of lose a part of their innocence. You know, if their parents are divorced or are going through a struggle, financial, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, um, I really think that's about the biggest gift you can give your child mm-hmm. is for them to be completely separate from it. And, you know, if you've got something that's upsetting you and you need to cry. Hey, long, hot showers are great. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. really great. When the children are in bed and asleep and separate from you, you know, I said this to a woman one time. Well, you know, when they're asleep, that's a great time. If you need to cry, mm-hmm. that's a great time. Well, I didn't know that they were sleeping in the bed with her. Mm, I think I would have gone a little bit step farther <laughs> yeah. in the separation with my counsel on that. But I really feel like that's a gift that you yeah. can give your child is just let them be a child. And not to say that they need to think things are perfect. No. Because that sets up unrealistic pe- that expectations does. That for does. the future. Right. But just they are not responsible Mm-mm. for the bad things that are happening. They're not responsible for the no. emotions you're having. And I think teaching them that, teaching them that I, as your parent, 
no matter what you do, I'm responsible for my own feelings. You can't mm-hmm. make me angry. I become angry in response to something you did, perhaps. But it's not your fault. That, that helps them learn no one else is responsible for what I do. No one yeah. else is responsible for what I feel, which empowers them so much as an adult. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because it's that freedom responsibility. Yeah. That responsibility, just you can't separate it from freedom. It sucks. But it help, helping them empowers them and puts them in a much better position for life later. So we've talked through like preschool and then elementary age so when you get to that nine (laughs) well when you get to that like nine to twelve that tween age this (sighs) has probably been the most dramatic difference in the parenting for me is when they get to that point where um and and all I keep thinking about is you remember that old um comedy routine that Sinbad used to do about I'm gonna do what I want because I'm grown do what I want because I'm grown. Yeah. And I just keep looking at my girls and, you know, they are very responsible girls and they're, they're wonderful, but mm-hmm. they're still 10 and 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's such a weird age because they do start to get to that point of, I want more freedom mm-hmm. and I want the responsibility that goes along with it only, only when if. I want it. Yeah. yeah. Only when I want it and only if it fits into my time schedule and my list of priorities. Yeah. But don't dare take the freedom from me. So mm-hmm. like that is such an awkward age. I kind of wonder you know what where does that fit? Where's and what the do we balance do there? on that? Don't you just think that's the beginning? I don't even think it's the beginning. I just think we're when they start to have the ability to think things through, make their own decision, make plans for themselves, they start to kind of experience, this is kind of becoming a theme, isn't it? They kind of start to experience the responsibility thing with all this freedom, this increased freedom. And I think that's ongoing. I think from the moment you're born until you die, there's this ongoing growth of freedom and responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think when you're nine and 10, you're able, you're just now going, wait, this could really be terrible for me. This well, really you hope gets, they think that. Yeah. You hope they do. Let's be honest. Well, and when it comes to consequences, when it comes yeah. to, you know, anything in response to, to their choices that, that isn't what they wanted, they're going, hold on. In the past, <laughs> everything was fine, and now things are not the way I want them. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's a natural way that their innocence is kind of taken away. Yeah. How do you get them? I mean, because we're in, the, I've got one of those too, and teaching them to own decisions that they made, but not blaming others or she made me do it, he made me do it. Teaching that ownership of, okay, yeah, I really did make this decision, mm-hmm. even at 10 and 12. You know, uh, I caused them, I caused hurt, I caused to make my. Mm-hmm. brother sister I think you pointed out that I think you pointed out uh, I think it's important to point it out in a non-shaming way mm-hmm. because th- seeing that they've hurt someone mm-hmm. is gonna be terrible enough yeah. in a lot of in a lot of times until it becomes a pattern for them and then there needs to be right. consequence not shame ever um but I think as soon as you know is I think having the discussion with them of you know, I think I'm 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 scared if I give you this freedom that this will happen, but because you're 10, I feel like this is a risk that I'm going to let you take. So go ahead. And then processing with them how it worked out, whether it was good, which please, if it's good and you've given them a new freedom, praise them. Let mm-hmm. them know they've done it right. Mm-hmm. If it turns out bad, it might be time to say, well, you know, I thought maybe you could have this freedom, but 
guess we're not ready Seems for like, it yet. And and not in a and not in a oh you get to have it but I'm now I'm going to take it away. It could actually be, you know, that was a mistake. Let's try it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know my kids, I and you know I only have the two that are really at this stage, but I really feel like with them, they do better when I give them the ability to affect the outcome. Yes. You know, so like, for instance, my 10 year old yesterday, she was the oldest child in the group. She had never been the oldest child in a group before Mm -hmm. because her older sister had always been there, Mm -hmm. but her older sister's off at camp. So yesterday was her first day where I could say, okay, you're the leader. It's your time. Mm -hmm. You got it. Mm -hmm. She stepped up and hit it out of the park. Yeah. She did so well. And what I've always seen in her as the younger sister being so compassionate and trying to always suck up to the older sister to get the approval of the older sister. She stepped out and had the compassion to lead a younger girl and two younger boys in such a way that everybody had fun in the group, but everybody stayed as a group. Mm -hmm. And she didn't really have to be fussy at all to Mm -hmm. keep them moving in the direction we wanted those four kids to move. It was wonderful, but mm-hmm. it was our first time to ever be a leader. And I had never seen that before. Yeah. I think it's incredible when you give people the chance to flourish, when you set them up for success, they absolutely will. Oh, if it's did. appropriate responsibility, which it sounds like it really was, and she did well. Um, when you give them the chance to succeed, they want to, they're going to, unless it's just not appropriate. So I think being able to, and it's not like at age 10, automatically you're ready to lead other children. It's just that she was ready. Oh, and he, I mean, it, it could wasn't be that huge. the opportunity was there. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't huge, but you know, we were all at the pool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she, you know, did well in that situation. And then we all decided we were going to go get something to eat, all three of the families. And so there was a kid table mm-hmm. and then there was an adult table and she kind of helped manage yeah. The environment at the kid table and did an awesome job. I think those are very appropriate, you know, tasks yeah. for a 10 year old, but it was Absolutely. the first time. And I never. That's phenomenal. Saw that as a, a parent, you know, that my middle child had never been. That's the phenomenal. Leader. And let's point out that was appropriate for your 10 year old. Yeah. But I but know some 10 year olds that would not have been appropriate for just yet because people yes. grow on their own time. And I think that's such an incredible thought of that everybody's different. Our children are different just as we are different. Growing, that growing process affects everybody at different times, at different levels, at different ways and parts where we are in our life. Um, we miss that. I miss that, I think, as a parent sometimes and miss that where my children, I think they're a certain place, but they're all in different places of their growth process and giving them too much responsibility back and forth when they're not ready or when I think they should be ready and all of that. Lindsay, thank you for being a part of this conversation with us. Thank you for having me. Um, We're going to continue a conversation as we continue on looking through the next stages and phases that our kids kind of walk through um, as they continue to grow up, as they continue to change and develop in our own parenting through where we are on that one. But you can find Lindsay at lindsaystevensons.com, and it is L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. S T E P H E N S O N dot com. That's right. And it is all spelled out yep. in one word. And you can find Lindsay and reach out to her if you need some help or advice. She'd be more than happy to talk with you, work set with you, set up an appointment mm-hmm. to get with her. Um, she is great. 
And you can also find us on iTunes, and you can subscribe to our podcast uh, at Eavesdrop, and it will be downloaded for you. You also can find us again at our website, www.eavesdropshow.com. Lindsay's information will also be on our website for another way to find her and contact her to set up an appointment. Um, Again, Facebook, another great way to uh, talk with us, comment on our show at Eavesdrop and Twitter, Eavesdrop Show, where you can follow us and be able to follow us and find out what's going on and when our next shows are coming up. Again, we thank you for being a part of this conversation. We're going to look forward to you being a part of the second part of our conversation as we continue to talk about parenting, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks for listening in and eavesdropping on us. Bye-bye.